Hello and welcome to the fifth episode on catalyzing radical systemic change. The topic today is debunking. Meditation is a panacea for everything. And I know I did not even agree with my two guests on, on the header, but I will put it a little bluntly. There's a famous Zen quote which says, if you see the Buddha, kill him. And I have the feeling this is a good start uh, into our conversation today because there's a couple of meanings. So when you dive deeper into the meaning of the quote, one is if you see the Buddha out there, kill him because the Buddha can't be out there because that which is always ever present, like the Buddha nature in you and us and all of us, can't be out there. So that's the original, let's say, meaning from the Zen quote. Um, the other one that I would like to highlight uh, for today's um, dialogue is I have the feeling we literally need to kill meditation as it's often put out there on a billboard as a meditation, as a panacea for stress and burnout prevention to be more successful to earn more money to whatever and for that we need to unpack the concept to get a better understanding what different types of meditations exists in the different cultural backgrounds and also where this let's call it eternal gem of meditation can shine forth but also nuance it where it might be best complemented with other techniques for personal development. With that super teeny tiny blurb, I'm happy to hand over to Felix Hoch. And yeah, Felix, I'm kindly asking yourself to introduce yourself, give a little bit of background on your person and obviously also link it to the topic of our dialogue today. Thanks, Ali. Thanks, first of all, for the invitation to the podcast. Uh, may I ask, is it more a one-minute introduction, self-introduction, or how deep um, do you like let's, us to go? Let's make, it, let's make it anything between one to three minutes, maybe, because I have the feeling we will dive deeper in, into our journeys as human beings uh, attached uh, to the topic later. But it does not need to be super short. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. First of all, I'm happy to be call myself a friend of yours. Regarding the topic, um, I guess what made me interested for participating in your podcast is the fact that I have a mixture of a um, meditation practice since since the 90s, then also exposure to to integral theory and, and practice. I had studied in Munich um, comparative religion with a focus on um, mainly Japanese Buddhism, Japanology and philosophy. And um, yeah, during the last couple of years, entering the professional life, so I'm really interested how to bring mindfulness practices, meditation practice into my work as facilitator, coach and moderator. I think um, this is good for the start and um, I'll hand it over to Nicolas. 
<laughs> Thank you, Felix. Um, I think that Japan is also where I want to start. Um, I once did a half a year um, exchange over there in Japan, and that's where I've I was in a found myself in a society where meditation and mindfulness was kind of practiced and eaten with the breakfast, drank drank with the tea, and I stumbled into a class by a beautiful professor that kind of started my interest and also become a mentor of mine in my own quest into wisdom traditions and also meditation and i think ever since i went on a quest to understand it on a theoretical level but also um to practice to go into long-term retreats and um and um yeah with a little detour to the European Parliament, where I was three years uh, working there as an advisor. Um, I now teach meditation um, in Berlin at a really beautiful, almost spaceship-like uh, meditation center called Ohia. And then we give like longer workshops on like, where can I be? Where am I on that journey of meditation, etc. But I also, um, as a coach right now, I, I help organizations and also leaders to understand themselves better and to, yeah, to be more aligned. So in some ways to bring this old wisdom also back into the real world. And it's something that brings me a lot of joy. And I, that's why I'm also really looking forward to, um, to this conversation today. Yeah. So maybe as a starting point for our dialogue today. I want to unpack the headline of meditation because I certainly know that from my personal experience, it took me, I'd say half a decade, so a good five years, starting with 17 with yoga and concentrative meditative practices and then switching consciously after a very intense peak experience to vipassana and zen meditation that i found out that there is no such thing seemingly as one meditation technique more like a plethora like a richness of meditation techniques from diverse uh, cultural backgrounds. So to frame that as a question is, can we give our audience some broad categories or buckets or drawers or categorizations into which certain meditation techniques fall? And I'm not addressing this uh, technique to any one of the two of you specifically, but really asking like into the space in between the three of us. Hmm. Nicholas, you want to take that? When I started meditation and I peeked into many different traditions and I often, or like even like small groups, and I often found this one answer or this one theme going around is like this practice that we do here is the right one. So the, uh, almost an orthodoxy, orthos being the right way. And that seemed really weird to me. And 
on the way now, I understand why this is so weird. It's because there are different meditation techniques. And meditation, let's unpack it. What is meditation? It's just, in its most basic way, it's just a way to train. It, it's just a, a overarching theme of, of different techniques that train the mind, right? And so um, I found a beautiful paper, I think it was a, um, by Dahl Davidson and Richard Davidson and uh, Lutz. And they actually did all the work, the, scient the scientists, to categorize the different styles of meditation. And um, once I found this, I was like, oh, finally, because finally we can understand now how which different styles of meditation train which part of the brain. And what they actually said is once there's, there's kind of more mindful, focused attention practices, which is kind of they train your focus. And those are like the things you, you need to kind of really start off. It's like that. Is the wind that gets the plane of the ground so you can start to work. And there you have all different kinds of practices inside that. You know, you have um, what some would, 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 call shamata, would, would call shamata practices, practices where you just focus your attention on either your breath or, um, um, or uh, yeah, uh, like a candle. It's just many different ways, you know. But then there's also loving kindness practices that really train your mind to... The plasticity of your mind to to be more loving and to change also the script of your mind of how you perceive the world and those are really really beautiful like those are um you have tonglen practice meta practice etc and as a third one you have more insight practices practices that train your your capacity to understand how your mind works and make sense of the world like metacognitive practices uh, those are usually at the end of the journey but it's also really worthwhile to start the journey there and then to reconstruct it i mean that's just a little taster into the different styles or categories of meditation that i find really really useful because if you go to the gym right you don't have it that someone you don't have a person that tells you you only need to train your arms you actually need to train your mind in all its different facets and only training your focus, for example, will not make you more compassionate. And this is why I advocate for now, now that we start with mindfulness, let's delve into the, the beauty, the, the joy of all those different practices. Yeah, I may add, or I can add um, from, from my, my personal practice practice journey i'm mainly zen was mainly zen practitioner for most of the year uh, for most of my life and interestingly zen is very very stubborn or radical in in looking at different meditation approaches because it, it emphasizes that the most important question about the practice path is the question or the, the desire to, to wake up and uh, the most important thing is just to look into who you are and of course um, during the journey um, different aspects of meditation unfold but it doesn't indulge in this this uh, cross training and have multiple practices approach let's like say uh, the tibetan buddhism and for myself i um i was on that that 
practice path myself for for a lot of years before I, I realized that I um, was lacking a couple of things that that stood in my way and that I needed to to live a good life in in society as a lay person as a secular person and that broadened my perspective to meditation and that not even in within the realm of, of Buddhist meditation, but complementing it with other aspects, especially prayer and, and heart, heart meditation in general. So the multitude, multitude of spiritual practices can be, of course, um, looked at from a, from a systematic point of view, but also from a um, point of view of just unfolding what's, what's necessary for you or where you feel that your own practice path is, is not satisfying you or is not keeping you on the track that you want to be.